To the ladies, to the gentlemen, to the fellas, the fellas, the fellas, what's up? What's poppin'? Welcome in right now, Wednesday morning, as we record, as we put this podcast and YouTube video out for all of you. We're looking at the week eight slate right now. Got my projections up on my other screen. You can check all that stuff out projections, rankings for cash and GPPs, and a bunch of other information on the Patreon down below if you want to follow along with that. But we're here with some week eight football right now. We got the rookies doing their thing, laying their piece down on the field this past weekend with Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Now we have a new rookie trying to do his thing right now, Tua, coming out, and there's a lot of interesting things. I'm going to have some interest in Tua, as you're going to see in a second here. We're going to go position by position. Not only are we going to go over the positions that look good from a projection standpoint, look good from a stacking standpoint, and that stacking piece is the big one. I want to talk about more game theory in these shows. So quarterback, running back, tight end, wide receiver. I don't really cover defenses. I don't care. I don't know where you're playing on a site that's got kickers. And if you are playing on that, get that shit out of here because we're not messing with that on this channel. And if you were a kicker in high school or college, or maybe you're an NFL kicker and you're somehow watching this, well, hit me up because I, I kind of want to talk to your, your teammates, your quarterback, your running back, your wide receivers, but I'm just messing with you. I'm excited to get into this. If you could, give me two seconds of your time. Like button, big old subscribe button. As we crush through 31,000 subscribers, I appreciate y'all a ton. Posted on Twitter yesterday that I lost all 24 of my balls golfing for the second time ever. What a treacherous battle that was for me yesterday on the golf course, but a lot of fun overall. That was a little bit of a tangent. This video right here is going to be sponsored, and then we'll get into this bad boy by Monkey Knife Fight. It's a player prop site, but Sal, I don't really know too much about player props. Well, it's more or less. You think this guy's going to have more or less touchdowns, yards, receptions, and then they have a lot of other prop games as well. And I mean, a ton of different prop games that are a lot of fun, combining some overall yardage and touchdowns in a game for a couple of players. And you might need some help with this. And we have a video that comes out every Friday afternoon, right around noon Eastern time that you can check out to help you with some props. Last week, those props went six and two, which is a very good week in terms of ROI and profit, your return on investment. But if you use the promo code VETRI, my last name, V-E-T-R-I, they will give you free money up to $50. You want to just put 10 bucks in, try it out, play along? Well, bam, now you have $20 in your account. You want to put all the way up to 50 because you're a heavy hitter, a head honcho, a kingpin? Bam, you just got $100 in your account. Again, we have a props video on Friday, or you can just do it based on your own intuition, some of the other stuff that you can use that we offer on Patreon. So appreciate that as well. Thank you, Monkey Knife Fight, for sponsoring this video. V-E-T-R-I, VETRI, lets them know that you came for me and get you those awesome perks. So let's start this bad boy off with the quarterback position right now. Look, this is a weird week for quarterbacks. You don't have some of the quarterbacks on the slate that we usually like to stack up in major ways, and you have a lot of the great quarterbacks and the quarterbacks that we like to play and the ones that have better totals. They're going to be coming in very expensive, and it's not the same week as last week. Now, we have a lot of 54-point total games, but some of those games are going to be falling at 44, 43, 44 and a half, right? So there's kind of a mix, 46. So there's more of a mix where in last week, it seemed like every single game was at 48 at the lowest and pretty much averaging like a 52 point total. There's still high totals this week, but it's not going to be the bottom part is definitely going to fall out this week compared to last week where it seemed like everybody was in play this week. It makes it a little bit more strenuous, especially when you factor in some of the pricing. But even though Patrick Mahomes is $8,100, I'm still going to have interest in Patrick Mahomes. But Sal, they're 20 point favorites. It's down to 19 and a half in a lot of spots right now. They're 20 point favorites. They have a 30 implied team total. I get it. Maybe in the fourth quarter, they run a little bit more. Heck, maybe Patrick Holmes, like last week, sits and Chad Kenny comes in for the final drive or two. I get all that. They don't start the game off, right? They don't kick it off 20 nothing, right? That's not how this works. So if they get up 20 nothing in the first quarter, you're probably damn sure that Patrick Holmes is having a reason for that. So a 35 implied team total projected for damn near five touchdowns in this game. I'm going to have interest in Mahomes. Now, the issue is that he's 8,100. Tyree Kill's prices come up. Travis Kelsey's prices come up. You're going to have to work in some of these cheaper players. If Sammy Watkins does miss again, well, it opens up McCole Harmon. It opens up Byron Pringle from your GPP stacks. These guys will all be in my groups, but it's hard not to like Mahomes, who's averaging over 270 yards per game right now, not throwing any interceptions, but just 
0.41%. That's less than a half a percentage interception ratio so far this year. The pace of the game should actually be pretty decent. So yes, the, the highest team total on the slate, I'm going to have interest in stacking up their options. It will be expensive. But the other thing in the runback option department is you do have Crowder returning. So if you wanted to go there, but you also have Denzel Mims, the rookie last week who led the team in seven targets. Again, Crowder was out. Rashad Perriman did get hurt. So track that it looked like a concussion, a really brutal hit, but he had seven targets. And now Mims is dirt cheap, which kind of makes that group overall and that overall stack. If you wanted to run it back with Mims or Michael P. Ryan, I get it running back down big, but played over 70% of the snaps last week, one of only like six, seven running backs to do that. So there are some cheap options to bring back your expensive chief snacks. And next up is Justin Herbert. Now he's priced up in a difficult matchup, but look, 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 Justin Herbert has been balling out. Justin Herbert just, I mean, first of all, he looks fantastic. He looks like the rookie of the year, in my opinion, as of right now, we'll see what happens at the end of the year. Cause Burrow is also on pace for 4,600 yards. But Justin Burrow in prime time, a couple weeks back against this daunting Tampa Bay secondary that ranks number one overall, a daunting overall defense of Tampa Bay. That's like top three in the NFL. The only teams that are currently ahead of them are Denver, who he faces today in the Pittsburgh Steelers. He looked very good against that team. He went for 20 plus fantasy points, 24 plus fantasy points. This is just what Herbert's doing right now. He's one, delivering on the deep ball. Last week, we actually got to see the rushing yards. He's averaging 24 rushing yards per game, but he had that ceiling in it with a rushing touchdown last week. Yes, this is a difficult matchup. The team total is only 24 right now, so not the greatest, but he's averaging over 308 yards per game. I mean, he's averaging damn near 28 fantasy points per game, which is two more. Right now, he's averaging two more fantasy points per game than Patrick Mahomes on 8.4 yards per attempt. The lovely thing about the stacks are you still have Mike Williams dirt cheap. You still have Hunter Henry dirt cheap, and you still have Keenan Allen, who you, I don't know how Keenan Allen is this cheap, who continues to get 13 targets last game, 10 catches, over 100 yards, right? Keenan Allen last week comes out and puts up like 25 fantasy points. They say DraftKings says, ah, we're going to keep this price the exact same. He's going to probably see some Bryce Callahan this week, who's the number eight overall cover corner right now. But Allen, in my opinion, is unguardable. He moves into the slot. He goes on the outside. Uh, this is another nice spot for Justin Herbert. But discount Justin Herbert this week might be another rookie in Joe Burrow, who gets Tennessee. It's a fine matchup for him. You're getting them at six point underdogs, whereas Herbert is a favorite, maybe run a little bit more. That's the greatest of game scripts. So Joe Burrow with a 24 team implied total as well is actually going to have to throw the ball more. And he leads the league right now with 42 pass attempts per game on 48 dropbacks per game, averaging 289 yards per game right now. Also has that mobility running four and a half times a game for 17 yards per game. So Burrow is basically your discount of $700. As an underdog, we like quarterbacks as underdogs, right? The, the game flow of actually throwing it a little bit more. He's dropping back and all they want to do is throw. And you have back-to-back weeks of AJ Green looking good. There's now five weeks in a row of T Higgins looking good. Tyler Boyd has his best game of the year on his most targets so far this season on 11 targets. Those are your three stacking pieces. I don't really want Drew Sample. I don't want anything else from his team. You have three solid stacking pieces where most of the target share is going to and a cheap Joe Burrow. All those stacking pieces are relatively cheap. $4,500 AJ Green will get into him. You have Tyler Boyd at 6,600 and in the five came range you have T Higgins. So it's very easy to stack this team up. Who do you go to on the other side of Tennessee? Well, there's AJ Brown. There's Derrick Henry. Those are probably my two main options. If you wanted to go to John Smith to just kind of reduce that stack. We've seen him have multi-touchdown games this year. So there's options here at just 6,200 for a game that has a 54 total and a 24 overall team total for Cincinnati. I like it. Cam Newton is going to be a yes for me at 5,700. Buffalo's defense has stunk this year. Look, Buffalo's defense has been very, very bad this year against quarterbacks in fantasy. They've been around average. In real life, run defense has been bad. Slot cornerback play has been bad. Secondary overall has been bad. Some of those games did not have Jadavius White. And now you have Cam coming off of a brutal game where he really didn't run at all. That's concerning. But on the season, he's still averaging 10 rush attempts per game. Most on the slate. Again, that's more than Lamar. That's more of a, there's no Kyler Murray on the slate, but that's more than Kyler Murray. He's averaging 48.8 yards per game. Only Lamar's 57.7 is more than that. But Cam Newton has not been that great, but he's still averaging 7.4 yards per attempt, which is average. He's still not getting sacked all that much. The problem is just 194 yards per game. A lot of that is skewed down due to last week's matchup where they got just absolutely boat raced. I would look like a far superior team, but this is a little bit of a bounce back spot. Buffalo's defense is not as good as we, I believe, think so. The issue is stacking it here. Like Julian Edelman is like the only guy that I want to stack at all. He's going to have a great matchup in the slot. 
Don't really want to go to Demir Bird or Nikhil Harry much. Harry got hurt in the last game. So maybe it's more of a naked build for Cam Newton. He'll be at least in consideration for my cash games because of that mobile and rushing upside. My final two yeses, and this is just the week that it is right now. Derek Carr, $5,500. He has a 25 and a half team total as a three point underdog against the Cleveland Browns, who their defense and their secondary has not looked as great. Pass rush is still there, but outside of that, defense has not been that great. A 72% completion percentage is actually number two on the slate, only behind Drew Brees. So he's playing great from that perspective. 8.2 yards per attempt is something we don't normally see out of Derek Carr. He's usually efficient and accurate, like we are saying, but to this level of over eight yards per attempt, not throwing any interceptions under a 1% interception rate right now. Your main stacking options are going to be Darren Waller, Nelson Aguilar. Yes, that's right. Nelson Aguilar, number two there. And then three, three A, three B is going to be Henry Ruggs plus Hunter Renfro. So a lot of options there. Run back on Cleveland. You have Jarvis Landry and Kareem Hunt as your main options. And then Jimmy G at 5,400. Very, very similar, if not identical situation to what you're getting out of Derek Carr. He's a three-point underdog with his team having a 25 and a half team toll and a 54 total game against Seattle. That's been, look, they've been dominated by any half decent passing offenses. Now this offense might try and run the ball a lot more, but they don't have Raheem Mostar. They don't have Jeff Wilson. It's going to be the Jarek McKinnon show, maybe, or Jermichael Hasty or Tevin Coleman if he comes back. We don't really know. What is easier to pin down right now that is that in the passing game for 5,400, you can stack it up with George Kittle. Sure, he's expensive, but his quarterback in Jimmy G is not. You can stack it up with Brandon Ayuk, the rookie who went over 100 total yards and was involved in all different parts of the field and looked very good last week, especially now that Debo Samuel got hurt last week. That's going to help with some of these rushing plays for Ayuk and just overall target share for both Kittle and Ayuk. At 5,400, I do like Jimmy Garoppolo right now, who is averaging 8.2 yards per attempt. He comes back from injury and then they pull him because he wasn't fully healthy and all this stuff, but he's still been very efficient when he's out there. 67% completion percentage, only has been sacked eight times this season, 8.2 yards per attempt. So those are my yeses right now. We won't go in depth. We'll go on Friday. We'll go in depth with some of the more of the matchup stuff. We'll go in depth quickly on some of these maybes. My babies, I'm still going to have interest in like Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, stacking them up. Lamar Jackson is cheaper at 7,400, averaging eight rush attempts per game and 58 rushing yards per game. Just seven yards per attempt. He's not that efficient. And his touchdown rating has really come down from what we remember at leading the league basically last year. His touchdown rating has plummeted to just 6% so far this season. So I still have interest there, but it's harder to stack him up, especially in his matchup. Kirk Cousins, I have interest in stacking up. You can run back with Devontae Adams. You can run back with Aaron Jones. Your obvious stacks are going to be in Adam Thielen. Maybe Aaron Smith if you wanted to go cheaper. And then Justin Jefferson, one of those guys in Adam Thielen and Jefferson, probably going to see some Jair Alexander. And Philip Rivers and Tua will close it out. I just like the other guys. We don't really know what to expect from Tua. It's hard to figure out what to expect from Tua, but look, if he comes out here and he is this top 10 overall pick that they drafted him for, and he looks fantastic and he's rushing and he looks great, and he has 250 passing yards and two touchdowns and 60 rushing yards and a touchdown, right? At this price point, that's really damn good. We just don't know. Nobody's going to play him, so he's at least in play for me. I just don't know if I get more than like 1% of my lineup. So now we move over to the running backs and the opposite of what's happening at quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, you can actually go down this week, in my opinion. Like you can go down there and you can get some cheaper quarterbacks. There's some nice options with some nice team totals and good stacking options. Running back seems like you got to pay all the way up this week, to be honest with you. There are some guys in like that 5k range. Maybe you just full on punt at the 4k range at the bottom of it. I just don't think that this is the week to do so based on how many studs are appropriately priced in my opinion towards the top. So Alvin Kamara's 21.3 opportunities per game. Then his 8.8 targets per game. And I saw on Twitter, I don't remember exactly who said it, but basically Alvin Kamara would be like the wide receiver 11 right now, just off of his receiving yards. He's averaging over 15 fantasy points per game on average on total. He's averaging 29 fantasy points per game. When you factor in the rushing a 24 implied team total, really tough matchup versus Chicago. They're the number one team on the slate versus running backs, but we know that his passing game work is going to help him out there. So 8,200, he's not the obvious option. If indeed Michael Thomas is out again, yeah, he's going to project out for 25 plus fantasy points. And if he finds the end zone, like he couldn't last week, doesn't even find the end zone last week, scores 20 plus for you. He's averaging over one fantasy point per touch on this slate. There's only about three running backs that are doing that. Him, Aaron Jones, and I believe DeAndre Swift right now. Swift actually leading in that department on this slate. So yes, Alvin Kamara looks very, very good. He's obvious. Derek Henry looks even better as a six point favorite. This is the style that they want to play against Cincinnati, which is going to be a strong matchup for him. Fast paced 
fast-paced game. You're getting 26.7 opportunities per game for Henry. He leads the NFL in 34 red zone rushing attempts right now. His 24 attempts per game leads the league, getting about three targets per game as well. So yes, he's number two right now, only behind Dalvin Cook, but Dalvin Cook is a smaller sample. Number two right now in DR, which pretty much means how much yards he's adding in the average situation. So he's being efficient and he's getting the volume. $8,000. I slightly prefer Henry right now to Kamara, which I don't normally do because I like that passing game role for Kamara. If Michael Thomas is ruled out, it'll probably flip-flop though. Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones, similar price range will knock them out at the same time in the exact same game. Right now, I'm actually gonna have more interest in Dalvin Cook, even though he's a six-point underdog. Him coming back, I believe that he is a game flow independent back. You're seeing over three targets per game right now for him. You're seeing a little bit more opportunities per game than Aaron Jones is getting. So Aaron Jones gets mixed in more with Jamal Williams. Dalvin Cook does have Alexander Madison back there, but still in the games that Cook has played, he's seeing 22 opportunities per game to Aaron Jones, 20.5. They're both yeses for me though. So it really does depend on like what you're stacking up here. If you want to run it back with Dalvin Cook in your Packers stacks, if you want to run it back with Aaron Jones, that's kind of going to determine in your uh, in your Minnesota stacks. We'll determine how much I get of each player at this point. You're going to have Jones as the actual six and a half point favorite. So it does set up nicer for him on a 30 plus implied total. So, I mean, right now they're projected basically split by like a point in my projections on Patreon, which you can find down below. I'll give you the exact projections that I have for them right now. Dalvin Cook, I have for 19.4 fantasy points and Aaron Jones, I have for 18.6. So they're not even a point of a difference right now, right? So that's going to be the main difference. And I just have some of the wide receivers and Aaron Rodgers projected pretty nicely. Devontae Adams will get to in a second, projected up very nicely. So those are the top guys above 7K. Those are all the guys above 7K. They're all in play for me. Kareem Hunt, I actually have projected a peek behind the curtain again, down below patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. I haven't projected for 20 plus fantasy points. Look, he scores like 19.6, 19.8 last week. And he had all the workload, right? Nobody else. I think Dearness Johnson had like one carry in the backfield. This is Kareem Hunt's backfield. Now he has an easier matchup this week as a two and a half point favorite with a 28 implied team total. He's averaging over 18 opportunities per game, but basically he's seeing, I mean, you had last week when they got blown out against the Steelers, but in two out of his last three games that they've actually had a leader or been in a neutral game script, he's seeing over 21 touches per game. He's number three in defensive yards and D yards above replacement. So that's very good to see as well. He's being a very efficient running back. Nice to see there. James Conner continues to be low on every week. People are going to see the Baltimore defense and run away from it. They're not this stout number two overall run defense that they were like in the past year or the past two or three years. They're right around like middle of the pack at this point. So Connor's been elite. Connor's been very efficient. He's getting over 19 opportunities per game very quietly. He's seeing about three targets per game and about 16 attempts per game on the ground. He's been efficient, averaging 4.7 yards per attempt. He's just going to come into this one as an underdog. So IVS on him as of right now, assuming that he'll be low owned. Otherwise, I'll pivot to some of these other options. Keep an eye on Joe Mixon. They do have a week nine buy. So I think that Joe Mixon at 6,300, they might just opt not to play him. He's going to be a six point underdog here. Matchup against Tennessee is fine. And the reason that you play Joe Mixon and that he can't just be a no for me, if he's indeed healthy, of course, is that he's seeing 24 opportunities per game. That's only behind Derrick Henry in the entire NFL and opportunities per game at 24.2, over four targets per game and 19.8 rush attempts per game. Now, a player who I like a lot and is actually number one out of all my running backs in overall value rating, point per dollar value, is Josh Jacobs. Nobody really played him last week in that matchup, didn't look great, and he kind of let everybody down. So maybe, maybe people don't go to him. Now, DFS is sharper, and I'm making this video, so I don't know, 8,000 of you are going to see this, so maybe people jump on him. But at $6,200, this guy is third on the slate in opportunities, 23.3 per game. He's actually seeing targets, four per game at this point, and he's seeing over 19 carries on the ground. Josh Jacobs has been good. They're coming into this one with a 25 and a half total. Slight underdogs, but nothing major from that department. So his offensive line has been absolutely abysmal. I'll scroll over a little bit. This is the issue is that his offensive line right now, very similar things can be said for Joe Mixon, two of the worst offensive line in terms of adjusted line play and stuff percentages in the NFL at this point. But Josh Jacobs at his price point, I have him at being about a $6,800 running back based on my projections, and he's only 6200 which gives you some nice value. My final two 
yeses to this point are going to be DeAndre Swift and Miles Gaskin. Swift at 5,300 took over the majority of the opportunity share for the first time this season last time out there. Now he's still seeing a lot of snaps, but it was the first time that he actually saw the majority of the touches in the backfield. Both receptions and rushing attempts with Adrian Peterson. Carrion Johnson saw no work at all, so he's completely out of there. And DeAndre Swift right now, it is still somewhat of a small sample, but 1.158 overall yards per touch. This is a metric that James White in the past years with Tom Brady has dominated him. And we know James White to be a good running back. He never just got the volume, but now you're getting DeAndre Swift to get this volume with like 17 plus touches in back-to-back weeks. This is fantastic to see. A matchup against the Colts who like to kind of force you not to throw deep on them and it will allow you to get these dump offs and running backs. If this is the volume and a trend in back-to-back weeks we're seeing and we can jump on it still, price point doesn't change at 5,300. I like getting to DeAndre Swift here as one of the cheaper, quote unquote, cheaper options of the week. And then Miles Gaskin. I mean, this is just a guy that's pretty much seeing like 18 touches per game at this point. He is the lead back in this backfield coming off a bye. The problem is he's a four point underdog. The matchup against the Rams is fine. You're getting 18 and a half opportunities per game out of Miles Gaskin. He's seen 20 red zone rushing attempts. Who knows what happens with Tua? If Tua's mobility is fully there and he is healthy, that will hurt any of the running backs in the Miami backfield, most notably Miles Gaskin, the guy getting most of the work. So I would prefer DeAndre Swift. It might come down to some ownership, but Miles Gaskin is definitely in play. And then there's a lot of maybes for me, right? Jonathan Taylor, both of the Chiefs running backs as such huge favorites. Clyde Edwards Slayer at 6,500. And I definitely did like what I saw at Le'Veon Bell last time out there. He's $4,600 as a 19 and a half point favorites. I like both of those running backs. Keep an eye on the ownership of them. Obviously, I don't think Bell will be highly owned. If you're not going to have a highly owned Clyde Edwards Slayer in this type of game environment, I still expect Clyde Edwards Slayer who's seeing over 21 opportunities per game to see like 16 to 18 in this game, especially with the game script. If he's going to be unowned, I can definitely pivot off of maybe like a chalky Joe Mixon or a chalky Josh Jacobs to get to Clyde Edwards Slayer. And I feel fine about that. David Montgomery, I'm leaning not to play at this point. He just looks brutal, but he's still seeing the opportunities and the targets at this point. Had another, I believe, five targets and four receptions in that pass game. Philip Lindsay got concussed. Keep an eye on him. And then Jarek McKinnon. We said Jarek McKinnon on the that one dude last week. Then it comes out after the game that they were planning to rest him all along. And he only got some work because Jeff Wilson ended up getting hurt. Well, now Jeff Wilson and Raheem Ostart are out. Tevin Coleman might come back. If not, it's going to be the Jermichael Hasty and Jarek McKinnon show. Who knows if it's going to be Jarek McKinnon? Kyle Shanahan said it will be him, but he didn't tell us it was not going to be him last week. So who knows what to believe at this point? He projects out pretty nicely for me against Seattle. They're going to be three point underdogs, but a nice team total. And he is averaging a nice 0.93 fantasy points per attempt, which is above average on this slate. So some other quick punt options, Bell at 4,600. Michael P. Ryan played over 70% of the snaps at $4,300. Looks decent. Naeem Himes and Tevin Coleman are $4,000 flat. I'm probably not going to play them, but I just want to keep an eye on what happens with Tevin Coleman's workload to this point. Let's move now over to the wide receiver position. And as we do, I just want to ask you if you could hit the like button for me, hit the big old subscribe button as it pops up on the screen. I greatly do appreciate that. And I appreciate your time uh, watching this video and actually just supporting my content. So thank you a ton in advance. So my wide receivers will feature a lot of stacking options so that you can actually have some GPP optimal builds. So in here, you're going to see, look, I know Devontae Adams is $8,800. And last year, once Michael Thomas started to get to like 10,000 or 9,500, I stopped playing him. Devontae Adams destroyed this Minnesota Vikings secondary week one. And it's going to be a very similar, if not more banged up Minnesota Vikings secondary this upcoming week. He just continues to have an insane target here in this offense. He's not even getting a ton of air yards, right? And that's a big part of it because he was out for some games. So it's not going to calculate, but averaging over 112 yards per game, a 78% catch rate and 11.5 targets per game. It's just too good to pass up at this point. So my Packers sacks, even though he's expensive, still my main option. One of my main options in run back sacks in Minnesota. And yes, if you're playing cash, I try and prioritize Devonta Adams. It's a tough week to do that with so many top end running backs looking well. You don't have to automatically try and get it in there, but I will tell you that in my projections right now, Devonta Adams is projected for like 25 fantasy points, which is just nuts for a wide receiver. He is the Michael Thomas of last year, if not better because of just the amount of touchdowns that this guy is actually going to put up in this Packers offense. And basically he's just averaging like a 45% target share in some of these games that he's played this year. Adam Thielen on the opposite side doesn't project out as nicely, but from a correlation upside play for GPPs, he's probably going to see some Jair Alexander. I don't know if he sees like 75% Jair, like Jair has been playing as of late on some guys, but in week one, Thielen still saw four catches, 66 yards and a touchdown, one guarded by Jair. And he actually had another 
a touchdown and some more yards in some other situations against Kevin King and some other of the cornerbacks. But he did put up over 16 fantasy points on Jair alone in week one. Jair has been very good, the number one PFF cornerback. So that's a little bit concerning. Tyree Kill at 6,700. I told you I like Mahomes. Tyree Kill, yes, his price point came up since last week, but it's still cheap. In this spot, he projects out as like a top six overall wide receiver for me, point per dollar wise. Kenny Galladay has been looking good. Got a lot of it done in garbage time last week. Really difficult spot to get deep on this defense, but his contested catch rate is just insane. All of his catches last week basically being contested catches. He's right now averaging 84 and a half yards per game since his return with 14.2 air yards per target, well above average seven targets per game right now. You're going to notice that every single Cincinnati Bengal, because early in the week, I really do like Joe Burrow in this game stack and team stack spot. So the most expensive guy that you can stack up, and he's not that expensive at all if you're talking about game stacking and team stacking, $6,600 Tyler Boyd coming off his best week yet, seeing a 79% catch rate, which leads this entire slate right now. So everything basically coming his way, he's bringing in 74 yards per game on basically not a lot of air yards downfield, right? That's going to be your T Higgins to an extent, your AJ Green, just 8.8 air yards downfield, but he is seeing a nice 8.7 targets per game. Again, we like to stack that one up. Keenan Allen, if you're playing a cash game, is probably the top cash quarter or wide receiver. I don't know why he's at 6,200 still. He's absolutely dominating 10 and a half targets per game. He's seeing over 30% of his uh, team's air yards to this point, 80.2 yards per game. He's, he's too good, right? The reason that we're passing up, there's no reason, right? The one game that he leaves and he sees two targets is actually skewing down his target share this year. He's really averaging like over 11 targets per game to this point, which is absolutely nuts. 6,200, the price point doesn't change. He'll be at some Bryce Callahan, he'll see, but it also going to the slot. I like that a good amount. T Higgins is another guy, AJ Green. So you're going to see these other guys from the Cincinnati team that I like. AJ Green now back-to-back weeks of looking very good. 14.4 air yards per target. That's great to see. He was number two last week in air yards overall. So again, he's getting a lot of opportunities. He might actually just full-on break out one of these weeks. Two back-to-back modest to very good weeks out of him, serviceable weeks. If you played him, you didn't feel bad about it, but you've had T Higgins and Tyler Boyd going off. This could be AJ Green, who's only $4,500, definitely in play for cash for me. This could be his week based on the amount of usage he's seeing downfield and actually now producing on that usage. Jarvis Landry, you have no Odell. Rashad Higgins does have a chemistry with Baker Mayfield dating back to like the preseason of when Baker was actually a rookie. So he actually likes Rashad Higgins. They have had a lot of conversations about how much he feels comfortable throwing the ball to him in post-game interviews, especially after this week. But Jarvis is going to look good. He'll project out for like 15 plus fantasy points for me at 5,600. Definitely a cash consideration. 28 implied team total. 74% catch rate is good to see. So he's in play as well. And then my final yes, you're probably going to go, oh, that sounds absolutely gross. I'm not doing that. But Julian Edelman at 4,400, not in cash, but in GPPs, I have him as a yes. Maybe that's a little bit aggressive, but I like Cam Newton. Buffalo in the slot has been the worst defense in the NFL. That's where Julian Edelman plays. And now this is what you've been getting out of Julian Edelman's matchups. Jamar Taylor, who's been very good for San Francisco. That's not great. And he only played limited snaps because they basically gave up in that game. Bryce Callahan in week six, who again, top eight cornerback in the league right now. Tyron Matthew, the honey badger in week four. So these are his last three matchups and he's put up six and a half, 4.3 and 2.3 fantasy points. So yeah, those numbers obviously suck. But when he had a good matchup against Seattle, he puts up 25.9 fantasy points. When he had a good matchup against Miami week one, he puts up 13 fantasy points. So I'm not projecting him out for an insane amount of points, like 12 fantasy points here, but it's at least a decent option if you wanted to stack up Cam Newton because this matchup against Buffalo is going to be closer to those first two weeks where on average during those first two weeks, he was averaging about 19 fantasy points per game as opposed to the past three weeks where he's basically basically averaging like three fantasy points per game. Not great, but this is a decent spot for him to at least consider. And then we're not going to get into the endless amounts of maybes. You can look at my specific projections on Patreon for all of them because there's a long list, right? So you can see there's a lot of maybes, right? So Tyler Lockett, Allen Robinson, AJ Brown definitely has a run back. I should probably make him a yes in those Cincinnati stacks since I have so much interest in Cincinnati. Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, all these guys, right? Jamison Crowder might, should return, keep a close eye on that. T.Y. Hilton, the corpse of him maybe comes alive. So a lot of guys down here, Mike Williams in your, in your stacks with Justin Herbert looks like a decent option. MVS, if he can ever come back alive. I think he had like no targets last week, just a rushing attempt. Denzel Mims. So to get into some punt options, and then we can move to the tight end position. Some punt options for you are going to be Rashad Higgins, 4,200. Probably picks up ownership, right? No Odell. $3,800 MBS. 
Hunter Renfro at 3,800. I'm kind of concerned here because he's like at best the third option in his offense. Right now it's Aguilar, Waller, Henry Ruggs is kind of splitting with him and he doesn't have a lot of downfield options. So more of like a cash punt play, but there's a lot of those this week to go to. So really tough to get to Hunter Renfro. Marquez Callaway, he got banged up in the last game. Keep a close eye on him and Michael Thomas status, but he was getting all the volume last game. Denzel Mims at 3,200, we discussed. Nice cheap way to bring back some KC stacks and he saw seven targets last week. Keep an eye on if Crowder returns, even better for Mims if he doesn't. But here's a guy to keep an eye on as well. Marcus Johnson right now for the Colts. So Marcus Johnson, before the bye week, had five catches on eight targets. He was kind of being factored in week five as well against LaShawn Sims and the Cincinnati Bengals. He puts up 15.8 fantasy points. He had 145 air yards. So something to keep an eye on as they come out of the bye week now, $3,000 overall. Not somebody you're jumping up and down for, but T.Y. Hilton has not been that great. Zach Pascal has not been that great. Marcus Johnson started to get on the field more 64% of the snaps before the bye week, 55% of the snaps before that week as well. So keep a close eye on this. He does have one red zone target on the season. So those are wide receivers. Let's finish it up now with the tight end position. As we finish up with the tight end position, I would just like to ask all of you, please check out Monkey Knife Fight. It really does support the show and helps the show out a ton. These guys are fantastic and these girls over at Monkey Knife Fight. Again, if you're interested in player props, this is the site for it. You'll get all the dollars that you put in matched up to $50. You put 25 and you put a weird number like 13, 17 in. They'll give you that exact amount, 13, 17, 25, whatever it is, up to 50. So you put 50 in, bam, you got 50 match and $100 in your account. If you need some help on the player props or some, you want some advice, you want to watch some advice, Fridays at noon, we have a player props video that drops. And last week, that video went six and two. So you would have profited and had some ROI. So be sure to check that out and sign up for Monkey Knife Fight using the code Vetri, V-E-T-R-I, to let them know that you came from me. So to close it out on the tight ends, I mean, it's just going to be the really great looking tight ends and the ones that fit into your stacks. So, I mean, I have three tight ends projecting for over 17 fantasy points this week. And it's the studs in George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, and Darren Waller. I mean, they're all averaging at this point. Kittle and Waller are averaging over nine targets per game. Kelsey, eight targets per game. But all of those guys are basically averaging over 19. And, and right now, Kelsey's blowing it out of the water with 23% of his team's air yards. You're getting over 500 yards so far in the season for Travis Kelsey. If we just scroll over right now quickly to see what the red zone is looking like, Kelsey has 11 red zone targets and five red zone touchdowns so far this season. So right now I do like Kelsey a little bit more. I like stacking him up with his quarterback, but they're all in play for me. Waller would be in play as that main stack for Derek Carr as well. Hunter Henry is still too cheap at 4,200, but the issue for Hunter Henry is like he's seeing 19.7% of the air yards. So that's good to see seven targets per game. The issue that he's running into is Donald Parham scored another touchdown. Virgil Green scored another touchdown last week. He just can't catch a break with all his backups eventually it's going to swing the pendulum into Hunter Henry's favor. And then my final yes will be Eric Ebron at $3,900. There's no real punt options. Last week, you have Harrison Bryant open up. He gets you 21 fantasy points, two touchdowns, but now he's priced up. So no real guys at $2,500 minimum to even look at. Maybe some stuff will open up, but Eric Ebron, over 20% of the area market share as a tight end is great to see. Averaging over five targets per game and has been very good so far this season. He's seeing a 22% red zone target share for his team. He's my final yes. And then we have the maybes, right? I have interest in Noah Fant. He'd be a decent run back option in those charger stacks. I have interest in Jared Cook, especially if Michael Thomas was to miss again, and also Emmanuel Sanders. I expect to be on the COVID list out at least two weeks is what we've seen from most of the guys so far this year. John Smith, Robert Tonyan, Trey Burton. So here's some punt options that are below at $3,500 or below. Trey Burton comes off the buy. He's looked good so far this year when he's had opportunities over five targets per game. Harrison Bryant, you probably get another week out of him if Austin Hooper is going to miss with his appendix. So that's going to be something to check on. He ran 17 routes to David Njoku's 12 routes. He is the starting tight end, it seems, but also he was very dependent on touchdowns last week. He's not priced up to 3200 so if you take out those touchdowns last week, that's not great. But again, he still does have a decent amount of red zone targets so far this season. And Albert O at 2,800. Noah Fant, after the interview, he had seven targets last week, but said he was still banged up. Keep an eye on if anything happens with his practice reports. If Noah Fant's practicing in full, I think Albert O will not be as targeted or used as much as he was last week, as Noah Fant seemed to be a little bit limited. But Albert O, his quarterback, if you have not yet heard, you probably have, his quarterback in college was Drew Locke, and Drew Locke loves throwing his way. Albert O is averaging six and a half targets per game now through the past two games where he's actually gotten decent playing time. So thank you so much for 
for tuning into this Wednesday Best Picks video. We'll be back tomorrow with some Thursday night football content as well, a live stream of the night. The Thursday night football will go up in the morning. Then we'll be back Friday with some of our, our player props videos, our final thoughts. Saturday, that one, dude. Sunday, the live stream. We got all the content for you. Please do before you go, hit the like button. Big ol' subscribe button pops up and check out my social medias, Sal underscore Vetri on Instagram. If you're over there, check that out. And then Twitter at SalVetriDFS. I'm active on both. A lot more active on Twitter just because it's easier to be for this industry. But check me out. Follow me over there. Thank you so much. I appreciate all of your support. Like and subscribe before you go. And I'll see you all in the next one.